One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that to be nervous about, boys? Is it, surely it's just a straightforward walk in the park. Uh. <laughs> If you believed some of the hyperbole spouted by some of the former players and journalists, then yeah, it'd be dead easy. What about if I just believed the hyperbole sprouted by you two? What? Tim said South Africa would win, and I said that New Zealand would win. Well, let's discuss it more in a second. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast on the eve of the World Cup final where England will be taking on South Africa. But first, I have to take on Phil Logan, who's sitting to my left. Hello, Phil Logan. Hello, Jonathan Beardmore. And down the line, in a shipping container, obviously, in Greece, obviously, not entertaining the nation this week, Tim Cocker. How are you, mate? (laughs) Well, entertaining the nation... Via the medium of podcast, not oh, radio, of, that's all. Of course, of course. Tell me this. Are, are, there, are there any nationally recognised statistics that the nation is sadder when you go away for a week? <laughs> mm, that's a great question, JB. I'm pretty sure like productivity falls by 2% and you know, divorce rates are up by you know, at least 0.5%. Yeah. GDP's yeah, down. Yeah, GDP's down, definitely. I can feel it. 100%. I mean, people are saying, some people are saying... You know that either Johnson or Corbyn would be a, a disaster, a disaster for the UK. Actually, people should be more focused on the fact: is Tim on Virgin Radio or not? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That is the main uh, in- indicator of economic success in the UK. <laughs> By the way, this might be um, because when I do get back on the radio, not that I ever talk politics on my show, and I wouldn't. Um, Don't. But no, no, no. This is probably the only format on which I could officially endorse Robert Largan uh, and encourage anyone who lives in the high peak area to, uh, to, to uh, put a cross next to Robert Largan, a fine individual, fine human being. Fine young man. Upstanding young man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't really know the guy. But, um, <laughs> seems, seems like a great guy. Seems like a great lad. <laughs> oh, right. Well, um, what's there to talk about? Is there anything going on? There's a little game. One just well, there's two games, isn't there? But yes, there is. Let's talk about that one. Let, let's talk about. Let's talk. Oh about yeah, Northampton Harlequins. Yes, <laughs> got Northampton Harlequins. We've got Sale Bristol. Uh, we've got <laughs> Wales versus New Zealand. Let's talk about Wales New Zealand first, very very briefly. Does anyone care? So it is I, right. Oh, and we've got Rugby X. Well. We can, we can cover some of the broader topics in our that have happened this week, including Sam Burgess retiring. Oh, Sam Burgess, bloody um, hell. In our, in our full-length podcast on Sunday. Sure. To answer your question, does anyone care? Wales will care. Ev- everyone likes having a crack at the All Blacks. Everyone likes the opportunity to, be, to beat the All Blacks. And they will back themselves. I just don't think this is a good opportunity for Wales to beat the All Blacks. This looks like a Wales team that would face Canada on a Friday night in November. <laughs> yes. 
it's and, not, and lose. Uh, yeah, and maybe go close. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be pretty this tomorrow morning. Yeah, it doesn't feel like the best opportunity the Wales are ever going to have to beat New Zealand, and it feels like something we said there was a risk of all um, at the start of the tournament for Wales is this seven games might be one game too far for them. I be- also because think, they've I, got such a thin squad. They are in such an awkward position. Well, are they? Yes, they are. Because on the one hand, they have got a thin squad, and they don't want to be that. No one wants to do the third place match. No, we, we know this. But it's Warren Gatlin's last game, and he deserves something. He does. Also, when the Wales players go back, what are they going back to? The Ospreys. You know, like, this is... The Dragons. This is it. I mean, this is it for this crop of Welsh players. Yeah, there will be a Welsh team after Gatland, but it's not going to be this Welsh team. It's going to be something completely new, and I'm not convinced it'll be something completely good. Um, So, you know, it's the end of an era. I hope they do put in some effort, because in a lot of ways, even though it doesn't mean anything competitively, it should mean something to those guys that go on the field, particularly for Warren Gatland. Without wanting to dwell on this for too long, because by the time this Excuse goes, me, got a horrible cold. By the time this goes out, yeah. um, the game will be pretty much over. But that, there's there's never ever been a question for me about the Welsh team's effort. I would question the talent that they've got on the pitch yep. for this match compared to the All Blacks, who oh will be God. wanting to right some wrongs. Do you remember the last couple of seasons when every time Saracens would lose? They would wind up playing Northampton, Northampton. Yep. and put 50 or 60 points on them. <laughs> it feels like this kind of fixture. Uh, just hold your thoughts there, there for a second. Well, I think you were right to point out, Phil, that we shouldn't dwell for too long, and I think we've spoken enough about the loser bowl. Um, <laughs> but if I could dovetail, you just mentioned the hiding that Saracens would give Northampton. Um, let, us, let me dovetail to the World Cup final by just highlighting that it was only last year that South Africa were hammered 57-0 by New Zealand. Yeah. What a what journey they've been on. Yeah. Remarkable, isn't it? And th- and they they um, corrected that wrong by beating the All Blacks in Wellington last summer. So they almost immediately corrected that wrong. That, that was... That 57-0 alongside uh, the Brighton Miracle will be two of the lowest points for South African rugby. And it is remarkable how quick uh, Razzie has turned that ship around. Hey, here's something interesting for you. I got DM'd um, this week by Peter de Villiers. Peter de Villiers? Peter de Villiers DM'd me. I'll just former get over you. Inter- French international. No. The, f- the, the former South African coach? Y- yes. Here's DM'd me. Would you, like, would you care to guess what, what it was about on Twitter? Um, is it the real Peter de Villiers or a parody account? It 100% is a real Peter de Villiers because I've spoken to him before. As soon as he got on Twitter, I wanted to interview him because he was or is coach of Zimbabwe. Yes. Uh, and, he was, and he was too, too busy. Was it, was it about your superb Johan Ackerman interview? Have, have, have you listened to that? I've not, actually, but I have listened to your J.P. Doyle interview, which was very good. Oh, Johan Hold on, hold on. This is a World Cup preview podcast. <laughs> what, we're talking about Wales, New Zealand, and now J.P.'s <laughs> other his DMs. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Peter <laughs> de Villiers DM'd me. Um, looks like um, a pretty uniform one. So let me know there are still tickets available for the PDV Masterclass 2019. Tickets available. Rugby Masterclass held by Peter de Villiers. So presumably all I've got to do is fly to Zimbabwe to watch this thing. <laughs> um, what an offer. What an offer. Right, back to the game. Back to South Africa. You are absolutely right. 
so, sorry, Tim. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, we've, we've actually been tweeted a bunch of brilliant questions which could form the basis of conversation. Rob Sherrington, for example, and this sort of ties in with South Africa and how they've managed to correct the course that they were on and Razi Erasmus, some of the methods he's used to turn things around so quickly. Rob Sherrington says, the refereeing at the breakdown will be crucial. If South Africa can smash in and go off their feet, disrupt and slow the ball, England will be forced to kick. Why and this does... plays right into the box right. hands. Why based, does... on what we've seen, based on what we've seen of Gar says, do you think a flowing game is even a possibility? Okay, I've got two huge admissions here, which make me a rugby dunce. One, I don't believe there's many teams that throw themselves off their feet unless they're playing opposite to the team that I want to win. You never hear... A team's own fans talk about, oh yeah, our team loves to go off their feet. It's always something which the opposition players do. So I don't hold much, um, I, that, that to me doesn't hold much, much sway. As for Gore says, he's just a little inconsistent, I'd guess, and that's about it. I mean, other than that, he's fairly good. He's fine. He is pretty fast and loose with some of the laws. So yeah. he, he will, to a degree, let the boys play. Um, but let the boys play from an offside position. Yep. Let the boys play with their hands when they're off their feet at, at the rook. That that kind of letting the boys play. Hundred percent. But uh, if they're off their hundred yeah. percent. Uh, but you know, so what? I mean, you, <laughs> you've kind of just there was a drill that um, someone did for us once in Broughton Park, like when I first showed up. It was awesome, and it's um, um, I can't even think of the word now because I'm so bunged up. I'm, I'm quite, <laughs> I can't think straight. Uh, in its conception, which was. A little like ten meter by ten meter square, and then you had two teams, and you were just allowed to go go at each other. No one said the rules; they just threw in like a, um, a ball, full full contact. And the point of it was, it wasn't going to be refed. And the reason it wasn't going to be refed is because we whinged so much the week before about refing that it was about us working it out and then dealing with whatever you see on on the field. And that's kind of how you've got to approach any game, regardless of the ref. And if you know Gorsas might be a bit looser than, say, Wayne Barnes, well, then you need to deal with that. Yeah, and that's that's probably the direction I would go to answer this query. And I, I, I am genuinely concerned about South Africa targeting England's breakdown and trying to disrupt it. And they will disrupt it within the laws that are applied by the referee. And England are going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. And if England can get fastball like they did at, at some very good times against Australia and they did at, at times against New Zealand, and they have done throughout the tournament, England can make great yards and not be forced into a, a kind of mindless kicking game. If South Africa managed to disrupt it, it'll be two things. One, it'll force England to kick when they're not prepared to kick. But secondly, it will lead to penalties for South Africa which will territory which will lead to pressure and which will lead to points so I am I'm nervous about the breakdown situation I wouldn't want to at this stage be blaming the ref yeah and also um, South Africa will have a will bring a ferocious work rate and expertise around the breakdown yeah I mean, you might you might argue and you probably might be correct as well that they beat Wales with a breakdown decision and a, a, you know, a right and correct breakdown decision too. Yes. I think the points that Rob on Twitter brings up are, are things that make me nervous about, Jerome Garth says. And I, th- I think it does sway the advantage, um, it, it just sway the needle of advantage back towards South Africa a little bit. I'm not saying they're favourites, they're not, but just it's it, it's going to play into their hands more than England's because South Africa are quite happy, like to be without the ball, 
England uh, have shown in the last couple of games they can be lethal with quick ball as Phil said and I think there will be much more kicking in this final as a consequence of the fact that Jerome Gar says has a free-for-all at the breakdown and doesn't officiate the offside line as rigidly as other referees do as you say you have to deal with it uh, but that is the concern however the one thing the one difficult decision that Razi Erasmus hasn't made which possibly I, th- I wonder whether he would against England is Francois Lowe starting instead of Sia Khaleesi mm. yeah I I you, you just don't drop your captain, do you? Yeah. There's just no, there's no ifs or buts. You just and, don't do it. And Francois Lowe is very good around the breakdown, but they have got other guys in the starting pack and in the team who can do that job as well. I, I was thinking, so Eng, um, England, when they played, um, well, both uh, New Zealand in the second half, when New Zealand had two open sides, and against Australia when um, Pooper were playing, England didn't struggle to get fast ball. England yeah. England managed to stop all of those open sides from disrupting the ball. And I was thinking, so all of those open sides are probably topping out max 105 kg. Yep. Compare that to someone like Malherb or Etzebeth or Vermaelen or Bongan and Benambi or Peter Steff to Toy or Kitsoff or any of those who are all very good. Um, Jack was all Francois Lowe and are all Francois Lowe's massive and, and, yeah Landy's really good at it D- yeah Dia Landy's very good at it. taking Dia Landy the, the forwards the forwards that I've just listed I would imagine the lightest of all of them is about 115 they're all between 115 and 130 kg whereas Pooper are 100 kg yeah and just so remember this there's a big difference clearing out that much mass but when people think about the breakdown the way I think about it is it's like well, when they're discussing players, it's like discussing a game of fo- football and saying, yeah, the striker, this striker versus that striker, um, they don't match up too well. And that's not the right way to think about it, because strikers don't play against strikers, they, they play against central <laughs> defenders. And with sevens, everyone's like, oh, well, uh, I wonder if Pooper can beat, can, can beat Curry. But they don't play against, it, against each other. Basically, if you want to defend your breakdown, yes, they can clear a breakdown, but ultimately you want big men clearing breakdowns, attacking, jackling, jackling players. That's how you do it. And South Africa are massive, and they have the work yeah, rate. The, 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 uh, I think uh, we're getting into the jackling a bit more, but actually, sort of fundamentally, I think the biggest thing with Gar says is I really hope he officiates the offside line a bit a bit better than he has done this tournament. He's he's great ref, but that's one thing he doesn't do. And the only, uh, and the biggest way to quit ball isn't necessarily just having Curry and Underhill. It's actually just getting over the game line. Well, and, um, yeah. So, but it does work both ways, that's, right? Maybe, uh, that's probably for the referee. But it does work both ways, which is. Um... Yeah, but but South Africa aren't going to play with the ball. They're going to kick. Did you think they're going to do anything other than just kick everything? Um, Well, I don't know the answer until I see them. But I do know that England will be very comfortable if previous performances are to go by without the ball. And if they can be a little bit offside and bring their line speed, that will work well because turnovers are devastating for attacking ball. So, Tim, I think that's a good question. Um, Do we think that South Africa are going to do anything else other than... Um, play one out rugby and kick the ball, and I hope not. <laughs> I, I, my honest answer is I don't know. I would, as a fan of the game, I would hope they would come with a bit more of a game plan. Now, yeah. but um, and, and to that end, it's, it's the old saying: save your best rugby for the final. Now, yeah, maybe fair. South Africa have been deliberately withholding just certain things so that. 
there is no game tape on them running XYZ strike moves that they're saving for the final with the expectation that they can always do enough with their very simplistic game. Now, that that's a glass-half-full perspective from a rugby fan. I actually think, in reality, they are probably going to revert to what we saw against Wales, which is one-out box-kick or bomb. Well, let's think about their back line, because that's where the spark will inevitably come from. Pollard is a fine player. Dierlande yeah. goes forward. Am goes backwards, and I mean that as in he's a defensive where is the second playmaker from? Is it it's, LaRue? It com- it's LaRue. Really LaRue. Yeah, and I re-watched South Africa's win against um, New Zealand last year, the, t- the 2018 win in Wellington, 36-34. It was a very interesting game. The second playmaker was LaRue. Yeah. He, he come, come into line, and actually they used to good effect in that game. They used some of their forwards... Um, Malcolm Marks set up uh, is the Dianti, well, one of the Dianti tries early on. So they got their forwards handling the ball a bit more. That is a higher risk game that I'm not sure they will step into in this World Cup. I tell you, another really interesting battle will be England's wingers. Because every time they've come up against a dangerous pair, They've either frightened the life out of the opposition. Think about Corabetti versus Watson. I mean, that was like, <laughs> I always thought Corabetti was going to do something. But actually, on the day, he was terrified of Watson. And were, rightly so. They were both terrified of each other. And I wonder if the same thing will happen to Colby or will happen to. Um, Dia- um, who's the other guy on the. I was going to say Deontay. Uh, Pimpy. Um, and Pimpy. You know, the England pair are, are fearsome. How fit are the England pair? So I think they're fit. They, they've, they've been named. Johnny May played 45 minutes last week. He wasn't fit. Yeah. He played very well under the high ball. I said it last week. He was superb under the high ball. He wasn't 100% fit. And if you're not 100% fit and he's opposite Cheslin Colby and Colby gets half a yard of space, that is not a place you want to be. No, no. Scott Wiseman. Yeah. Uh, Scott Wiseman. So I, 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 I don't know if you've been following the Rising Suns series. <laughs> yeah, I have. The YouTube channel. So good. It's, it's I, I've been. I've been I, it, the, the the one about the semi final just gone. I can't recommend it enough. If you, if you just need a little bit more World Cup build up in your life and you're thinking about it so much, go go and watch those. But I watched some of the old episodes and Scott Wisemantle, England's attack coach, was talking about Johnny May and said we treat him like a uh, like a Ferrari. Like quite a lot of the time, we'll just sit him in the garage, turn off his battery, oil change. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> do, do uh, oil change, check everything, and then you know every now and again when the time's right, we, we you know we let him we, we let him rip in the outside lane of the motorway. Yeah, nice. Uh, and, uh, so, so they're gonna they're they're going to have just wrapped him in cotton wool, and I'm so yeah. pleased he's he's starting. Oh, let- I, I am too because he even even a half fit Johnny May, his aerial work has just been so good for the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm delighted he's starting, but. I do worry a little bit defensively. Where else do you think South Africa? The other big, oh, sorry, the other big. I was going to say the other big takeaway from those Rising Suns videos is my God, Owen Harrell, uh, Owen Farrell is an impressive man. Yeah, the the like he's one of those guys. It just he he doesn't talk like a guy who's what twenty twenty eight is he twenty eight? I think twenty seven. Twenty eight. Yeah, he might even be 27, yeah. He's that age. He's one of those guys... He's, he's just got this unbelievable like, sense of wisdom and calm. Is it wisdom? I find it a little bit... Oh, very, very authoritative, definitely. Um, I wouldn't say wisdom. Almost too serious. <laughs> he's very serious. He is, he is very serious. But when you see oh, him, he he's generally 
talking to the press after he... Uh, but like an international rugby match. But if you see him on like I don't know, like the Lions uh, DVDs or, or whatnot, he's you know, and you think about, he, I imagine he's one of the guys that drives the standards, and I don't mean in the way that you can sort of do it uh, in a non-confrontational way. I bet he's the sort of guy that will have a very strong word with his teammate if he's been five minutes late or on time but not five minutes early, that have, kind of thing. Have you watched the Suns videos? No, I haven't. Well, you should because I think what what because Owen Farrell is now the England captain, which hasn't been for a long, long time, has it? No. Nope. And there there is just something very, very calm about the man, and like this 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 sense of confidence. I, I can't quite when when you just see him talking to his teammates, just a quick word at the end of a session when they're all in a circle before they go back to the showers. He's um he's just an impressive man. Yeah. He really is. Well, there's no choice about it. He's, you know, his CV stacks up. He's England. Uh, he's England captain. You, you, you'd have to be fairly impressive to reach those heights, regardless. I feel you reluctantly acknowledging that GV no, through I, gritted teeth. I think for Saracens, he's brilliant. I think he's <laughs> particularly good behind a pack going forward. And let's just hope England can carry on going forward. So, what question were you going to go on to, Jay? Just thinking about how South Africa might get an advantage over England. Because I think the narrative at the moment, particularly from the English press and ex-players, is this should be a walkover. Yeah, if you believed everything you said. Um, well, Matt Dawson picked the 15 this week, all of English players. Yeah, Matt Dawson's column for BBC was um, one-eyed, to say the least. Uh, I think a lot of the rugby writers are basically saying, yep, yeah, it's going to be England. But there again, they're English rugby writers writing for they an feel English... A bit or- yeah. Um, so if you were to believe that, you'd say, well, this looks like a pretty straightforward England victory. Also, England smashed the All Blacks. South Africa lost. Uh, South Africa, you know, you look, at the, you look at the Wales game, yeah, sure, they won. Um, but they also, you know, they actually won with as many points as England won against uh, New Zealand. But there's a lot of different feel to that game. So if you look at the two teams coming in, you would say England are clear favourites. If England can play... Uh, the way they did and South Africa play the way they did and there's no major incidents I mean no red cards no um, no multiple disallowed tries nothing like that no major injuries early on I think England are favourites but even with multiple disallowed tries England still win things they did yeah Um, I'm just saying unless something significant and materially has an effect on the game England are favourites but only England win. This you play this fixture two out of three. Yep, of this fixture. Um, I I think based on these teams, based on the way it's going to go, based on the nerves and the profile and the pressure, because this is massive pressure. I think on a what this is this is a ridiculous thing to say, but I'm, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> on a one-off, I think England are favourites. You play as much ten times, I think it's five-five. I don't think it's th- I don't think it's that even, but. South Africa win um, one in three, possibly two in five. It's that kind of ratio is where I see it. Yeah. Um, South Africa, where I I like them a lot, would be their second half, second row. Uh, Sorry, second half, front row. Yes. I think there is a substantial advantage there. 
substantial. I also think um, the talent they have coming off the bench at lock is good, but there again, so is George Cruz. So, you know, it's like you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. The front row, though, is very important because that front row is better than a starting front row. And I think they've got it the right way around, too. To have their finishers coming off the bench. Absolutely right, yeah. It's, it is, it's an interesting strategy. Um, I think you're probably right as well that the the more dynamic explosive are coming off the bench. Yeah, so if and, I was... And more disruptive. If I was in charge of England, I think I would have started with Marler. Because uh, Marler is a great player, could do almost as much. I mean, he really is a top-end loose head. But maybe for that impact, a fresh Mako for 30 minutes would be lethal. Now, you could do it either way, because you might say, look, I want to build up a lead before that 30 minutes and then close yeah. it off, depending on how you want to set but- up the team. Mako Mako's got a freak engine. He's he has done eighty minute matches before, yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't agree on that particular one. But you see my point, though. I can see. I understand what you're saying, and I yeah. agree with you on. I agree with you on South Africa, and it is it is an advantage. And I think South Africa's game plan is going to be rope a dope kit boring uh, and I'm not knocking it I'm, it's tactics to win a World Cup yeah, they're gonna, it it's going to be but it's going to be boring dull, and they're going right, to hope that they're within they're going to be ho- they're going to hope that hello Stop, stop Stop! this boring rugby nonsense. If, if you want that kind of rugby, go watch Rugby X. There is nothing boring about big men battering big men and then hoisting high kicks and chasing balls. There is nothing boring. Okay. It is beautiful. I, I find it a bit dull and repetitive. Because you're a child, Phil. You're a child. No, I like delicious olives. I was going to say, you're, you're an olive hater. I love olives. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not bored. I, I think the <laughs> kick chase... I mean... Uh, a well-timed box kick with a great kick chase is very exciting because it breaks, oh, o- breaks open the game. Agreed. But seeing 60 in a match, that gets a little bit boring. I don't know. Even, <laughs> even South African fan, even South African fans, um, kids in school yeah. making videos, Skizzing, yeah. um, the press <laughs> are yeah. making jokes about how Fafta Klerk hasn't met Andre Pollard yet. That's very funny. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy the uh, <laughs> the kids, the, the school kids. It's the it's the way he fixes his hair before before kicking, which I particularly liked. Have have, yeah. either, have either of you on that uh, school kid video with the wig? Have either of you read anything about Genki Okoshi in, yes. in the build up to this? Game? Kind of, yes. The, what was it? Suntory uh, Suntory Japanese Rugby Club fourth yes. choice scrum half has been the extra body in England's training, played a little bit like Will Genya. Uh, so they had him in training um, playing against them because they're not allowed to... Because Jack Noll was out, they didn't have the bodies and they're not allowed to have Englishmen. Yes. Here's a business plan so, for, so, for, for you. Do you want to know my business idea? Uh, do you not want to hear about Genki? Yeah, go on. So they used him for Will Genya. They then, Eddie Jones said, I want you to, before the New Zealand match, I want you to go away... Watch every video that you possibly can about Aaron Smith. I want you to run like Aaron Smith. I want you to play like Aaron Smith. I want you to cut your hair like Aaron Smith. Apparently he had quite long hair before yeah. this. Very proud of his hair. And he came on the Monday Good just, like Good Aaron, just like Aaron Smith with his head shaved tight, cropped tight, and played just like Aaron Smith. And there was talk that he's been wearing a blonde wig of course, this of week. Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to, to replicate Fafi. Now, there's no talk as to whether he's done anything to um, 
replicate Yanchi's when he comes off the bench. <laughs> so I think I think he's just dealing with Fafi at yeah, the moment. Yanchi's is on the bench, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry, the other Yanchi's. Hersh- Herschel Yanchi's. Yes, yes, that's fine. Um, now here is a business idea, right? Imagine this. I have a I have access to a rope club, so I, I, I rent one out basically, and I have a roster of players, maybe thirty players, and they don't play professional or they don't play competitively, but they do play professionally. And what we do is we study the top players in the in the Premiership, and they are body doubles, which you then rent out <laughs> to Premiership clubs the week before they have a big game. So nice. if, if you want a Fafta clerk from me, I have the guy that knows exactly all of... Basically, rugby impressionists. Yeah. He's like a waxwork Fafta clerk. Yeah. But, he, but real. So, like, imagine it from a few years ago. Hey, you want a Peter Stringer? No problem. This guy sh- uh, shows up, shaved head, passes the ball... In the opposite <laughs> way to how it, to, like to how it should be, ideal. I like it's it. It's probably something that Man City have actually do because their yeah, training probably. facility I, I've been to. They have a they go to the level of having a pitch at any given time. They have so many training pitches. They always have one which is got the same grass cut in the same way. Uh, the pitch of the same dimensions as whatever their next away game is. It's amazing, so I wouldn't mind betting that they probably do have football impressionists. JB, who who would your body double be? Uh, as right, in, who are what, you the same right now? Same height and weight as? Oh God, see a Khaleesi maybe? Uh, actually, I am, but not quite the same body composition. <laughs> not by a long way. Uh, It'd have to be a player who's got like just sort of farmer strength, but can't hand can't pass. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> uh, Louis, Louis Pickamore. <laughs> we'll go Louis Pickamore. No, I'm, I'm, you're, not, I'm, you're not quite as big as Louis Pickamore. I'm a disgraceful I'm, human being at the moment, <laughs> so I have no body double. Avion Lewis Roberts is probably the closest that you'll find. See, see a Khaleesi, 6'2 and 105kg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, is that, is that about, about right. Yeah, and by the way, some moves though. We've seen him dancing on. We've seen him dancing at the world. Oh, uh, yeah. and he seems in, uh, he, he is a much bigger man than 105 kg. I can just sense it. His is his yeah, shoulder. I think, the, I think we were bigger than him. It's the width of his shoulder. Oh, I don't know, Tim. He was massive. The width of his shoulders. Do you know massive. the way dogs? Do you know the way dogs can bark at each other? And the bark alone lets them know how big the other dog <laughs> is. And that's why most <laughs> of them don't fight. That's how I, that, that's, I, I think I have that sense. And when I met him, I, he was definitely a bigger human. <laughs> the other advantage that they might have... Oh, here we go. Diolande on Farrell going forward. It's a tough ask. It's probably the biggest ask that he's been um, face faced with. Yeah, yeah, it's maybe Karevi. And Karevi did do very well, I'd actually. More, I'd, I'd say it's more Diolande hitting a hard line onto forward, actually. That's probably more yep. of a concern than Farrell. Yeah. Um, from scrums it would be a, a little bit of a worry in open play I fully expect Kunderhill uh, to deal to, with him to, yeah to get that by the way on that um, on that little portmanteau of their names they actually yeah. Sam Underhill and Tom Curry cover that on the latest Rising Suns episode and they said under Curry no they said Kunderhill not a chance um, they just want to be Sam and Tom. Which one? What did they call infantile? They called one of them infantile. Sam or Tam? Oh, that was. Um, was that? Cund- oh, it was, was it Cunderhill or was it? No, it wasn't. Cund- it wasn't Cunderhill. It was. It was another. What's, what's another one? What, what? What else could there be? Under Curry, they said. Under that's Curry, infantile. That's, that's, yeah, that's it. Um, Quite right yeah. too. 
Uh, but but in any case, one of our listeners, uh, Dan Weasel, came up with a portmanteau on the entire England back row, which I think is a beautifully balanced back row. You've got the, the kind of attack and defensive skills of Tom Curry. You've got the defensive brutality of Sam Underhill and the attacking weaponry of Billy Vanapola. So uh, Dan Weasel, our listener at Rugby Podcast, suggested Kondapola, which uh, very good. I think should... Perfect. Uh, does anyone think that Billy's due a big game? He is, yeah. I think he's drew a big game. I really do. And not only that, what is amazing about this England team so far is it feels like he's not even the guy that they turn to for a big performance. It feels like that guy is now probably Sam Underhill. Underhill or Curry or Itoji or Manu. Yeah. Um, do you, but do you think, do you think, I, I, I think Billy's been unfairly maligned during this World Cup. I actually think he's been really consistently solid and a lot of people have been saying oh he hasn't been playing very well i don't think I just he's not don't been think playing well he hasn't i think, been I, his, I, think I agree he, with you he's not been like the standout go-to man but he's been he's been excellent the whole way through but that might not be him not being as good as he was previously it just might be everyone else raising their game which i suspect is more the case and he is targeted as a carrier yeah so everyone knows what a devastating carrier so he is always facing twos up tackles which does create room for other people. So he's Absolutely. not been he's not stood out in the same way that he does for Saracens, but he has been so important because of that role. So uh, yes. <laughs> does anyone think that there's anything untowards going on at the moment with uh, get Ben to Japan? <laughs> um, when you say untoward, would you know if Ben Curry ran out there instead of Tom Curry? No, absolutely not. Do you think anyone would? Uh, Except for Mister and Mrs. Curry. Maybe not even them. No, I'm pretty sure. I think it's England and towards. It did make me laugh. Uh, it was very, very nice little bit of campaigning by um, the Sale Media team. I, th- I thought they did a great job of publicising stuff. Do you know who the big, big losers of this are, though? Uh, ben Curry. Nope. Oh, Sale because it will cut into their salary cap space. Nope. It, yeah, it would do if, if they've paid for it. Well, let's just ignore that for now. Um. The wasps have, have wasps. Sent, sent Marcus exactly. Watson. Uh, they can't say no, can they? Yeah. Like once, once Curry's out, uh, and then Watson goes, "Do you mind if I go?" And I'll put it <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, they're all the big losers because Tom um, Youngs as well. You got Tom Youngs. He's not going. Yeah, I did think about tweeting to, to Tom Youngs, see if we can get Tom to Japan. Tom Youngs, that's a good point. I thought there'd be a massive petition from Leicester fans to get Mike Ford out there. <laughs> get rid of Mike. <laughs> Send Matt O'Connor to Japan. <laughs> Joe Ford isn't going out there. Joe, yeah. Joe Ford's coaching Leeds Carnegie. He can't. He's got responsibilities. <laughs> Maybe Jacob will go. Yeah. So just on other areas that um, South Africa will target. Yep. So South Africa have got um, well, certainly in Peter Steff toy, um, a six foot six, six foot seven for back, my, back rower. For my many, maybe one of the top five players on the planet. Yeah, he, he's been sensational. But they've got a significantly taller back row than England. That we we said it last week that New Zealand would be trying it. Definitely this week, South Africa will be trying it to disrupt disrupt England's line out. And they're all it, massive, aren't they? they are yeah, all they're all massive. massive. <coughs> the the back row, the South African back row, has got a three-inch advan- height advantage, average, um, across the back row, compared to England's back row. Yeah, it's... Uh, 
It's going to be interesting. I, I, I do think scheme is more important than personnel, though. And England's schemes so far have been pretty good. They, they have been very good, masterminded by Borthwick. So here is how England lose this. Uh, no here we go. No difference, to, no difference to anything else, and I suspect they will win it. But they have to get over the gay line for the one millionth time. They have to have their own way with South Africa. Because when they do get over that gain line, they are as good as anyone. You know, they might be redefining rugby at this point as to how important uh, that gain line is. And I refer you back to my comments at the very start about Jerome Garces. Yeah. Yeah. Slow yeah. down the slow down the ball. Disrupt it. Uh, Not officiate the offside line. If, yeah. Yeah. Why have you Nigel boys... Owens, no, apparently Nigel Owens is injured, and that's why he wasn't in the running to be in the final. I, I would feel a lot more comfortable that 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 would not play a factor. But I agree with you about the gain line because it because then as as you know as Rob Sherrington, our listener, pointed out, it would it would if they can't get over the gain line, it would drag England into the game that South Africa want. Yes, definitely. Um, what worries you two boys? Uh, I think we've I think we've covered it. Line out, yeah, line out, misfiring, breakdown, gain line. Yeah, um, they're they're yeah, the big it, things. I don't don't think. I'll, I'll throw another one in there. I'll throw another one in the mix. Yeah, um, and it's only now uh, we we stood here waiting for a World Cup final that I can say this. But if there's a couple of minutes on the clock, and you're thinking may, it might have to be a like in 2003 a drop goal. England haven't, at international level, dropped many goals in the last couple of years. South Africa are much, much... They've, they've had those times when they've done it in international matches. Yeah. Do you worry about Faf outperforming Youngs? Um, yes, I think I think Faf is a better player, playing better than Youngs. But I don't... Th- I think so few games like this are decided by individuals. Yeah. And do you worry about the five how what's it what's the split? The 6-2 split. Um I think England are very fit. Their their pack pack and their backs are very fit. The the 6-2 split actually, actually makes me no, more nervous because we know that a number of England players are carrying knocks. Yes. So Sinclair was apparently touch and go. Johnny May was touch and go. Uh, Farrell and Watson were both limping and struggling for long periods of the last game. So now, let that me makes ju- me nervous. Let me just ask you about the six-two split. If everything goes to plan, is a six-two split always a better option? What I mean by that is, if no one is injured, if injuries are taken out of it, is it always now the better option? Um. No. Not Why? necessarily. That, 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 uh, that's dependent on how the team plays. The way South Africa play, yes. Yeah. Who would you? Okay, so in, on on your ideal bench split, then what would you what would you carry? Well, and so it, let's just take England um, by contrast. So in, England have different ways that they can play, and actually, if you go to a Farrell or Manu. At, 12 and Jonathan Joseph or Henry Slade type character as an outside centre that, that that changes the dynamic completely in the way you can play I am concerned uh, that uh, that England don't have a back three player given what we said about Watson and May I'm a bit concerned yeah. about a lack of a back three player on the, on the bench yeah. as we said last week but yeah. wasn't ultimately a big issue well I've been thinking about the opportunity split uh, opportunity cost of the 6-2 split 
And providing no one goes down injured, I actually prefer it um, to having a five uh, five three. Because if you think about it, you you know you can replace people and combinations on mass in the pack where it really it really does matter. And the backs, no matter what you say, do not work as hard. Um, and therefore, you can maintain those those combinations that have you know been gaining in traction and you know are bedded in uh, throughout the entire game. But if you've but you got could, you couldn't do like Australia, you couldn't do the change that Eddie Jones did if you had a six-two split. You couldn't go forward for the last twenty-five minutes. Yeah, you could. But you could. Well, yeah, you'd have, to put, you'd have to put Ford on the bench, and then you're massively exposed. So yeah, yeah. Have, well, Only carrying Ford and Willie Hines or Ford and Ben Spencer well, on the bench. Yeah, you've got to take a scrum half. Yeah, and you've got to take a, a spare fly half slash fullback, I guess. Yeah, which is exactly what South Africa have done. But just just looking at the England team, I think there's relatively little benefit to having six forwards. Um, again, ruling out injuries. Yeah. So I can understand changing the front row because of how hard those guys work and how much weight they're carrying around. But Marrow, Laws, Underhill, uh, um, Curry and Vunapola, Billy, have all shown they can play international rugby for 80 minutes. Yeah, and I guess that's your opportunity cost, isn't it? Unless you've got players of equal, equal stature. Equal or better stature. Yeah. What's the point in having six forwards when you've got that back five in your pack? You yeah, can all play so point. much. You know, Kieran Reid in his prime. Do you want to? Well, actually, yeah. he probably would stay on anyway. Metallic uh, yeah. or who? Ardi Sevea. Yeah, Ardi Sevea had a smashed up knee, knee ligament damage, and Same still one. was one of the best players on the pitch for the last twenty minutes. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I do like the six-two split a lot. It, it suits South Africa's way of playing, and I, I do worry because I think you're right. They're more dynamic, better front row comes off the bench when England are tired yeah I think that's a problem and England bring on Dan Cole Dan Cole Joe Marler LCD Joe, Joe Marler and LCD no problems with whatsoever uh, actually no for the role maybe maybe Cole's okay if it's a you're closing something out yeah. just win your scrums fine if they're chasing the game I don't like it's, it yeah and vice versa um, no not vice versa for South Africa I they're just better be, I want England to be more than six I want England to be more than six clear uh, if we're not, if we're not six, if we're not six or more clear in the last twenty minutes, I I worry. Yes, I I I'd actually go one further. I mean, we were what twelve points clear uh, in the last ten minutes against New Zealand, and I was still terrified until the last two minutes. Yeah. So, for for my poor little heart, I'd like us to be. Uh, 15 <laughs> points clear with uh, 25 minutes to go, please. I tell you where I've really liked England so far. Offline out ball, they've been really efficient. Well, not really efficient. I mean, you know, not 100% offline out ball, but they seem to be scoring a lot from lineouts. They've they've had some very. Well, the reason is go on. Oh no, I was going to say the, the reason is it's pretty telegraphed what England do, but it's it's easy to know it's happening. It's hard to stop. Yeah. Uh, is it's why South Africa will be targeting it because it's just a platform for Manu to look, to Alangi yeah. to get over that game line. That's even yeah. do that almost like probably on more than half of their lineouts. It's off the top Manu 
Bosh. So and, I'm, I'm thinking quick, now. And quick ball from Manu as well, which is which is even yeah. more important. Manu crashes up, makes yards, and then quick ball. So what I'm thinking now is England's first or second try against Argentina. And I don't really remember it that well because of the strong zeros. And I was watching it out of one eye because I could see <laughs> uh, something like 60 players at, at, at that time. But from what I remember, they came off a line out. They got over the gain line, round the corner, over the gain line, over the gain line, scored in the corner. Something like, like that. That, to me, is going to be one of the most important important phases of rugby early on early collisions and just see who is more who is more dominant in contact i can't yeah. wait for that because because am and dialande are big strong boys they are very good defensively. yeah yeah there'll, there'll be not much Woo! change given there they will not i can't wait now oh I'm so nervous yeah i'm just gonna enjoy it right predictions then jb i have no idea i genuinely don't have i i want to say Based on everything. France to win. France to win. <laughs> Damn it, Tim. Don't steal my joke. <laughs> um, uh, based on the game so far, you know, you've got to hand it to England. They have done everything right. They're coming into this as clear favourites. I think England win. But the fly in the ointment, if they do lose, it's going to be to South African physicality and not being able to get over the gain line and then turning it into an arm wrestle. That's where I see it going wrong. So, prediction, England by... If England win? Oh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, England by oh, no. five. Don't, is this the first time you've predicted an England win? I didn't predict them against Tonga, USA. Uh, yeah. Um, I got it right for France. They did not win against France. <laughs> um, hey, one of these teams will be the first team to be not undefeated. No, no, no. Not have won all their games to win the World Cup. Yes. Even though it's a technicality. The, the, if England win, it will be a technicality. technicality. If South Africa win, it will be a legitimate yeah. first team uh, not to win or to lose and a game. Yeah, there's all those different stats flying around. Like, it's South Africa win every third World Cup, and they're due. Yeah. yeah. But then on the flip side, England would be the first side to beat New Zealand and win a World Cup. Oh. Wow. That, that hasn't happened before. And no one has won the Rugby Championship and gone on to win a World Cup. Wow. Lots of big things happening. The, the Omens are in South Africa's favour on that one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there is one player um, uh, uh, who is going to be in their second World Cup final. The only other player to yeah. have done that. Uh, uh, no, no, no. If they, if if South Africa win, Franz Stein will be only the second player to win. Um, win or appear. Uh, Two finals, twelve years apart. Yeah. There is one English that, that appeared in a World Cup final. Uh, that has appeared in two World Cup finals. Only won one of them. Who was that? Quato? Uh, Robinson? Quato? Surely. Oh, no, hold Quato. on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of um, 91 to 03. I'd forgotten about 07. Jason Leonard. Jason, Jason Leonard. Anyway, uh, I thought Jason Leonard. I got a little, little, little teaser, was, but it doesn't matter. You I want to say that was a... Didn't that, think about 07. That was a pretty nicely executed fact about Tim. <laughs> didn't one of the <laughs> South African props, either CJ van der Lind or whoever the other one was, Oz Durant. Oz Durant. Did he play in 95 and 2007? Yes. He, yeah. he played, he's the only player to have won two World Cups 12 years apart. There like you go. More than not consecutive World Cups. And, and not because uh, some of the Aussies won in two, uh, 91 and 99, didn't they? Yeah, who would that be? 
Uh, Burke. The kicking second row. Oh, Eels. Eels. Oh, John, John Eels. Yeah. Was he there in... Is he there still in... Was he there in 91 as well? Let me just get up. Multiple. 91 and 99? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty That's... sure he was. Yeah, I'd imagine Burke's one. And who's that like hooker that played forever as well? There's... Jeremy Paul. Uh, yeah, there's, there's five Australians. Uh, uh, Michael Leiter? John Eels, no. No, he... Um, Jeremy Paul? Gregan? Oh, Gregan? oh okay, no. here we go. I'm really getting right now. Owen Finnegan? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Garrett Morgan, I just made that up. Um, no. Uh, Little, Jason Little? Jason Little, oh, yes. Well That's uh, a good one. What about someone like Ben Tune? Or... No, there's... there's... Oh, oh, Joe Roth. Joe no, Roth, that's not... not Joe Roth. There's a couple of others who do a bit of media work who you you will have heard oh, of. Oh, uh, No. No. Uh, One, one's quite opinionated. David Campisi. No, not that opinionated. Quite, <laughs> quite opinionated Australian. Crikey, that could be any one of the millions that they yeah, have. Yeah, very true. He's not really helping that. I'll, no. I'll give him you. Phil, Phil Kearns. Phil Kearns, yes. And Tim Hall. Yes, he did that Tim brilliant. Hall, he, was in that, he was in that Fox Fox Sports Australia video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Before he went over uh, and whitewashed them. Yeah. Doing uh, that promo video, laughing at England, spitting out the water. Hey, do you boys, do you boys want to go home yet? Uh, yeah, pretty soon. Can we talk about... Either Sam Burgess on this podcast or Rugby X. Before we go. Do you want to save it for the weekend? No. Okay. Because we'll have a World Cup final to talk about. Okay. Uh, and a full slate of Premiership. G- give me your prediction first. Tim, give me your prediction. And then we- and we're going to talk uh, of one or both of these things. Uh, very briefly. Uh, again, I cannot recommend enough going and watching the England Rugby Rising Suns series. Yes. When I watch that and the, the calm confidence of that England side it is actually seriously impressive and I think and everything you see about them they seem to be relaxed they seem to be enjoying this week they seem to be having fun which they seem to be really tight as a group and so I think that I actually think they're not going to be overawed by the occasion and I think they're going to win uh, and I think they're going to win by seven points I hope you're right Tim I really hope you're right I I think it's going to be an arm One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Of a game, I think South Africa will bring England to their level. I wouldn't say down to their level, to their level. Uh, I think the occasion and the way that South Africa play will be a great leveler. And I hope, I hope that there is enough experience in that England team and enough experience of finals, Premiership finals with the Saracens and Exeter boys, and Heineken Cup finals with the Saracens boys, that they 
have the experience and the nous and the guile to d- get over the line. But I cannot see it being more than a three, four point win for England. I'm afraid. Wow. Um, but I, I'll, I will take I will take it if it is that. Who is me. who has been more negative about England throughout this tournament than me? Ooh. That is a good question. There's one, there's, there's one group of people who've been much more negative than me. Stuart Barnes? Let's not talk about him. <laughs> um, I don't Wales Online? Really nope. Wales more online. negative. And not yeah. only that, they've put their money, or lack of it, where their mouth is. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you know what I'm referring to, Tim? Your sponsorship. Money- bookie sponsorship. Not oh, oh, the um, the the, the uh, our Betfair friends. No, not our Betfair friends. I'll tell you who has been really, really negative about England. The RFU. The RFU are so negative about England. They forgot to ensure the World Cup bonuses, which if they win, will be in excess of six million quid. Ah, uh, they're the richest union. They'll be fine. They must have been so certain that England were going out. <laughs> they never thought to ensure it. Which Just is, get rid of a few grassroots coaches; it'll be fine. Exactly what I said, Tim. Yeah, put put the beer up, put a pint up in Twickenham by an extra couple of quid. Well, are we going to go to Twickenham and there's going to be like uh, a forty-five degree angled slice removed from the stadium, which I've had to sell? <laughs> sell it for scrap metal. It's a lot of money. Six million pounds is scratching at Twickenham's like. Five quid anyway, so just put it up to six. Who's going to notice? Exactly. Uh, yes, there we go. But remarkable that the RFU decided not not to ensure their team. Uh, lack of covers. I'd say so. That is a check. Or that is a check. England will gladly hand over. Will they? Maybe. Maybe they put uh, a million pounds on England winning the World Cup. <laughs> hey, that's a to hedge, isn't it? There we go. Through Rob Howley uh, bookmakers. <laughs> well, uh, I sincerely hope that, that is the case. How much for a £6 million return? Perfect. <laughs> By the way, JB, I love the idea you came up with that. Um, uh, and I, I've just got this vision of what you said when we were talking about the England fine for the, for the V, for the hacker. Oh, yeah. Uh, handing it over via one of those big charity novelty checks after <laughs> the World Cup. Giving it to Bill Beaumont. Uh, here is your check. Drop a do. Get a normal size check. Drop it on the floor. Make him pick, make him pick it up live on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about Sam Burgess qu- uh, quickly then. Because that does fit in with the whole England thing. Um, one of the greatest players of a generation has hung up his boots. And- it, it barely fits in. Well... <laughs> All roads lead back to Burgess, and how fitting that on the World Cup weekend it leads back to Burgess. One of the best players of a generation, I think him and James Graham will, will be two of the, well, particularly, uh, particularly Graham, is one of the best, best players that you've, never, that you've never heard of and certainly never appreciated. You've certainly heard of Sam Burgess, but I think a lot of England fans don't appreciate his greatness in the sport of rugby league. And it's just a shame that he's not gone out on his own terms. Yes, so he's retired due to a shoulder recurring shoulder injury. Yeah, I'm supporting, which has also coincided with some other uh, yes. stories, which I don't particularly want to go into. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Um, yeah, let's talk about the rugby. <laughs> I was hoping, I was hoping that uh, he might show up in Japan for one last game. Oh, cowhead! Get yourself <laughs> to Japan, cowhead! Come on. <laughs> Uh, One more coffee with the England boys. Go on, lad. Go on. 
<laughs> oh, and that's the other thing. Like, Elliot Daly's taken his whole coffee kit with him round yeah. Japan. He takes it everywhere he goes. It's it's incredible. It's it's an amazing setup. Yeah, a coffee is approaching cultish levels of um, of commitment now, uh, to the point that I'm almost getting past it. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Uh, and last, and then we can go. Who watched Rugby X? I've not actually. I've seen the shareable highlights on Twitter. I've not seen anything else. Do you see it, Tim? I did. Um, it should be called Rugby Basketball because that's actually what it is. Did you enjoy it? It's, it's continuous. It's like a continuous game of touch rugby that you play before training, put into a competitive arena. I enjoyed it a bit. I, th- I think it's not different enough from Sevens to me to make sense why you have Rugby X and Sevens. It feels to me that if something misses out, it's not going to be 15s. Rugby X is going to be competing directly with Sevens. You're absolutely right. Yeah, definitely. I, I will tease this for, for the next podcast where we can talk about it a little bit more, I guess. Um, I started sceptical. I sort of liked it. And then by the end, I actually, I hate to say it, I, I felt enjoyment. Um, it was interesting. Um, there are some deep flaws with it and I don't think it answers a lot of the questions that I originally had but it was enjoyable and you know for a first attempt at building a brand new form of rugby it's not a bad attempt in fairness yeah and so having only watched the short clips I do like and I'm sure it was amazing when you were there I do like the fact that it's half a pitch so you feel like you're on top of the action whereas yeah. when you when you're in sevens because there's so few players on the pitch Sometimes the action feels so far away from where you are. Yeah. And do you know what, what worries me is three on three scrubs. Um, I think it's three. Is it three on three scrubs? Have I made that up? Yeah, it is. So you're effectively giving a one on one. Is it two on one? It's five aside, no. is it, isn't it? Yeah, but one, one, uh, half back. Yeah. So you've got two, three in the scrum, two half backs, and then effectively a one on one in half. I can't help but think if professional players are playing this format for any length of time, that is almost a guaranteed score. Every time, and that's a deep flaw with the game, because it's either, uh, it's either a pass, the... a run, or a kick, isn't it? And you know, you, they, professional players will get the hang of that and score almost every time. It's like a two-on-one. What well, one, one of my big issues with sevens has always been is it, it is on a rugby pitch, but it is actually so different. The energy systems that players use the the means that the the athletes you can't really unless you're a freak like Leone Nakarawa you can't be a sevens player and a fifteens player no, I think... to the high to the highest level. So actually, what I, what, what be the way forward is rugby x as this short form quick game, and then actually if you want to have a game on a full size pitch tens because then I can imagine players. Um, professional elite players well, playing we, yeah. playing the shortened form of the game. Weirdly, I actually think that Rugby X is more accessible to 15s players than Rugby 7s because you don't have the sheer volume of space to cover. So, you know, if you are quick off the mark, say, I don't know, um, you know a, a big prop, some props are very uh, quick off the mark, um, you don't have that, you don't have to get up to that top, like, that top end speed. You can just, you know, burst through and it's only a small pitch. Yeah, and you would, if you've got a 120 kg prop, you like someone like um, Ellis Genge, for example, yeah. who, who is explosive. He'd be awesome at this. He would suck in two or three defenders every time. And he's only got to make a certain ha- uh, handful of yards before yeah. it's over. Yeah. Whereas in rugby sevens, he can't break from his 22 and score. No. So it's actually more accessible in, in a weird way. Yeah. yeah. This is a fantastic conversation, but it, this is a World Cup final. Yes, very, very true. Very, very true. <laughs> Uh, so we, we can we can explore this a bit more on Sunday. 
Yes, quite. Let's do that. So um, I guess we'll leave it there, shall we? You can follow. You can find us at Rugby Podcast. Me, Jay Beardmore, him, uh, him at Cocker. Phil lurking in your DMs somewhere. Always. Oh, um, one final question. Oh, one question, actually. Um, someone on. did say if England win the World Cup, would would that be enough for Phil to reveal himself on Twitter? I <laughs> uh, don't like the way that's phrased. <laughs> <laughs> Always a contract, guys. I felt Always into contracts. <laughs> Um, to be confirmed, to be confirmed maybe. We'll, we'll see after a few Negronis and a few champagnes on Saturday morning we will see <sighs> yeah and so that's, that's, the, that's the other thing I was going to say just um, it, is that how is that how it's going is it is it um, Negroni World Cup breakfast at yours JB I am in a real bind here because on the one hand I'm back in Wales tomorrow because I thought if Wales got to World Cup final it might be better to watch it in Wales that's not happening. So I'm going to rush back to Manchester. But the, the mighty Didsbury H expect me to be at our club function. And Phil is having a Negroni breakfast at his house. So I'm going to be at one of those, but I don't know which. Someone's going to be deeply upset. You're just too popular. That's your problem. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing, Tim? Uh, Ath- well, Athens. I'm currently sat on the back balcony um, <laughs> upstairs in Greece looking at the Tietos um, mountains. Um, so I will be in Greece. There's the, there'll be a crowd of us here, um, and uh, uh, at great tr- with great trouble and you know moderate expense, I've made sure there is bacon and sausage, which is actually remarkably hard to come by. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, I've made sure we've got some in for Saturday, so the troops are fed and watered. And um, how, how many yeah. how many kilos of wine have you got prepared? Oh, this! Oh, I, I, I actually have been off of the wine today because last night was ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's a, a, a number of kilos. Don't worry, <laughs> no. number of kilos. Good. Is it just you that's excited? Is Louis excited? Oh, he, yeah, he, he is. He is. Yeah, he's going to watch it with me. It's going to be actually. Do you know what? That's is, and I think there'll be there'll be memories made like this. Well, particularly if England win. There'll be memories made like this up and down the country. It's it's like, did you see ITV share for the for the rugby last weekend? It was seventy two percent of all people that were watching telly on Saturday morning. Wow, yeah. were watching the rugby. Wow, that's brilliant. Yeah, so it's 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 a big cultural moment, and it's fantastic that our sport is front and center. And if England do it, yeah, it's 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 going to be a moment. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons I want to be in Manchester because if England do it, it's going to be one hell of a day on uh, on Saturday, and I don't intend to miss out. Yeah. Now here's how we're going to end. possibly Man- possibly Manchester is the only city on earth, where I, or it's the only city in England where actually no, you wouldn't notice if England won the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. London, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. So here is how this podcast is going to end. I'm going to say goodbye now. Goodbye, everyone, and then you two can leave a good luck message to your beloved England. <sighs> Just do it. Do it. Just think this is the culmination of all of the podcasts that you've, you've, because I know the England boys listen, all the podcasts you've had to listen to JB, you've had to hear his whiteboard, you've had to hear him all the smack talk. This is where you've set the record straight in Tokyo, Saturday morning, England World Champions. Do it to prove JB wrong. If it's all about me, fantastic. Right. (laughs) See you on Sunday. (laughs) Good work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.